On tonight's show, thousands of students could be affected as three of the university unions are striking tomorrow. We'll be talking to one of the unions and hearing a statement from university management. I lose 40% of my contact hours and being a history student, contact hours are precious, therefore... Also tonight, Yusu have been reported as being corrupt in their recent referendum and the planned College Student Association transition from JCLCs might not be as simple as first thought. If it's what students want, then yes, that's what's going to happen and then it's just making sure that it will happen. And could you afford a tuition fee increase to £16,000 a year? We've been talking to students about whether they could justify a degree with the announcement of support by the university for higher fees. I'd like to know exactly what they're planning to spend this money on because they've already brought in a whole new set of cash they weren't getting before and they don't seem to invest it anywhere. All that and lots more to come in the next hour, including your latest campus sport. First, though, your latest UOI News headlines with Claire Thomas. The UOI News Hour with Ben Basin. Thank you very much, Claire. It's seven minutes past six. Welcome to the URY News Hour. Now, first on tonight's show, two of the university unions will be striking tomorrow, and many students could be affected in their education. Well, URY's Mitch Holder Mansfield is here with more. Mitch. Hi, Ben. That's right. Students at the University of York and across the country are set to face disruption tomorrow as university academics and staff prepare to stage a one day strike in an ongoing row over pay. The unions have rejected the offer of a 1% pay rise, which they say represents a 13% pay cut in real terms since 2008. Union leaders have said they're willing to meet with employees for 11th hour talks, but chances of a last minute resolution are looking increasingly slim. Earlier on today, we spoke to some University of York students to gauge their response to the proposed industrial action. I lose 40% of my contact hours and being a history student Contact hours are precious, therefore, yes, I'm greatly affected by the strike. Um, I think it's somewhat unfair that the students are those who are affected. Strike affect you at all? No, I have no lectures tomorrow. So, whilst some students may be looking forward to the lay-in and a day off, others are evidently concerned about the impact the strike may have on their studies. Yusu, however, have given their support to the unions. Earlier on, we spoke to Dan Whitmore, academic officer at Yusu, to explain their position. To be honest, I would. I would not be happy with having my pay cut by 13%. That's a huge chunk. For a lot of people, that is the difference between you know being able to pay their bills and their rent and not being able to pay their bills and their rent. And especially now we do have a new vice-chancellor coming in who's earning nearly £300,000. And when there are people at the bottom who are having their wages cut, that certainly doesn't reflect well on the university as a whole. And when they are making this massive surplus, people question, well, hang on, if you have all this money pay your staff properly because as students we want to have well motivated you know happy staff we don't want people who are grumpy go I don't really want to do this anymore because it's not worth my time or effort I'm not getting paid for it I may as well go and get a job somewhere else when they're seeing um, fees increase students are paying more they're saying why why is the university getting more but why am I getting a pay cut exactly it, it doesn't make any sense really so yeah we are supporting them on this the shoot team we are supporting the staff we understand that it does have an impact on teaching some people are now losing two three hours out of their week at the same time it is a few hours it shouldn't make a huge difference and i'm sure afterwards the staff will be quite happy to sort of help students who are thinking we're falling behind because of this i'm sure they'll put in the extra hours later on it's just sending a message to the university that they will not stand for this sort of behaviour. And if a lecture's cancelled, will it be replaced later in the year or are students going to just miss out on that teaching time? I think they are just going to miss that teaching time, which is extremely unfortunate. 
Uh, do you know if students are particularly worried about this? The few we've spoken to are concerned that, yes, they're going to miss some teaching time, but at the same time they can understand where the staff are coming from. So I think it's a bit of a, a mixed opinion from most people in that they want to support it, but at the same time they don't want to miss teaching. We also contacted the university senior management to invite them to offer their perspective on the issue, but unfortunately nobody was available for interview. They have, however, offered us this statement on the matter. The university hopes to keep the impact of the industrial action on students to a minimum. We cannot forecast exactly how many members of staff will take action on the day of the strike as staff are not required by law to inform the university that they intend to take strike action. However, if the strike follows the pattern of previous disputes, the large majority of classes will go ahead as normal. We have issued guidance to all students. The university remains committed to national negotiations on pay. We encourage both sides to get round the table and agree a way forward which avoids any future disruption. We will withhold pay from staff who participate in the strike. All withheld pay will be contributed to the Student Hardship Fund. That was the statement there from the university on the matter of the strike. Well, I'm pleased to say that we're joined now live in the studio um, by Jeff Wall, who's from the Department of English and Related Literature at the University of York, who's also who's the committee member um, of the University of York branch of UCU, um, and Catherine Woodruff, who is uh, the Young Members Representative for the University of York branch of Unison. So thanks for them very much for joining, joining us. Um, so first of all, um, what's your reaction to the university statement that we just heard there? Yeah, I mean, it's an unfortunate that people will miss their contract hours, but, you know, we're missing our salary um, for the last four years. So it's the end of a long legal diplomatic process of negotiation and ballot, and we don't go to the strike phase without very careful reluctance to do it. Yeah, I think I would add that it's, a, an ex it's an extreme measure for extreme circumstances and, you know, university staff have seen a 13% pay cut in real terms over the last few years and we feel really strongly that this is all that we've been left with having negotiated for quite some time with the universities about pay and this is the last resort for us. So you think it's justified that students are going to miss, you know, some education? As Jeff said... It, it is an extreme case um, and we are aware there will be an impact on students but it's rare that all three unions would, would strike together. Um, it hasn't happened for quite some time so um, hopefully the, the seriousness of our action will indicate to the universities the seriousness of how we feel about this and it won't need to happen again. That, mm -hmm. that's the aim. And I think I'd say to students, look, we are trying to protect the quality mm. of what we can provide. If you don't pay people properly, the best will leave the profession. You will not get the best teaching which you deserve. So, you know, we're in it together with you and we regret that you will lose something tomorrow. But I think in the longer term, uh, you stand to gain. Mm -hmm. So have the unions been in touch with senior management communicating, presumably, to, to try and resolve these problems? Well, the negotiations happen at a national level, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, we... Um, we're in contact with management locally, but we haven't discussed pay or the strike because we have national wage bargaining that's quite important that's something we want to protect mm -hmm. okay so once you made the comment that, that a strike should be the last and final resort um, are we at that stage now and do you think there, there'll be an 11th hour change of plan or is this strike definitely going ahead tomorrow from what we know it doesn't seem like there's going to be any 11th hour action and really in answer to your question I think I'd put the ball back in the university's court we've taken the only action that we feel is, is left to us and it's now up to them if they want to come back to the negotiating table um, as a result of what happens tomorrow 
Mm-hmm. So some students have argued that they that um, they have they themselves have not caused the problems that the issues um, you know that the, the strikes happening because of. What do you say to students that feel that it's, it's impacting negative on their education? It's a lot of wasted tuition fees. It's that ultimately it's not their fault. They're the innocent victims in this. What do you say to that? Well, um, some classes will be cancelled, some will be postponed. I think that's a matter for individual negotiation between students and tutors. But I think tutors have to not collude in their own exploitation. I mean, we all have, you know, a great professional conscience, um, a sense of our responsibility to our students. And actually, our going on strike is part of that. It's not incompatible. Yeah, and I think I would I would come back to that with the point that um, it's a waste of your tuition fees to pay for you know a poor quality education. And what we offer here at the University of York is a very high value education, and our support staff staff add value to that student experience as well. And it's important that we recognise that support staff and academics are both on strike tomorrow. Um, you know, it, it, your tuition fees are not well spent on on paying for that kind of education and service which is not what we provide and we want to protect that and make sure that um you know the value that we that we put in is recognized it's true though isn't it that there there are many workers who are feeling the financial squeeze at this time it's quite a quite a quite a bad time financially why do you feel that you have the right to strike when others who are paid much lower in worse off positions than you aren't striking for example private sector well, they have the right to strike as well, and I think it is the case that the public sector has been particularly squeezed by a government policy which is deeply hostile to the public sector. And I think you have to take the arguments sector by sector. There will always be people who are worse off than you, um, but that's not an argument, as it were, for putting up with a situation that's dragged on for so long. Again, I would come back to the point that it is also support staff who are on strike tomorrow. Many of those are lower grade um, technical staff, cleaners, porters who who need an income that they can live on. Um, you know, exactly the same as other workers in the public sector. So it's important not to just think that it's only academics on a, you know, a middle wage that are striking tomorrow. There are people who really, really need, you know, a real terms increase in their income um, who work here at this university. So finally, how much of an impact do you think a strike is going to have? Is it really going to get done what you want to get done? I think it's the beginning of a process. I mean, it's it's the last stage of a process, but it's also the beginning of the next phase. I think we have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thank you very much for joining us. That's Jeff Wall um, and... Sorry, I've forgotten your name. That's really bad. Catherine Woodruff. Catherine Woodruff. Thank, <laughs> thank you very you. much um, for joining us. The UOI News Hour with Ben Basin. You're listening to the URY News Hour, 17 minutes past six. Now, don't forget, if you've got any opinions on any of these stories, if you're going to be affected by the strike tomorrow, get in touch with us on the website urry.org.uk or you can give us a text 07851 Now, on to other news. There's been anger in the campus sporting world this week and um, since the beginning of term, as every university football team was docked a point at the beginning of the season after Yusu failed to hand in a form to Bucks in time. Well, URY's Claire Thomas um, is here with this exclusive report. Claire? Thank you, Ben. The season got off to a tense start for the York University football teams with the late submission of the County FA affiliation forms for the men's first four teams and women's first, leading to each squad being dropped to that significant point, a substantial amount in any Bucks league, especially when the club has several newly promoted sides fighting to avoid relegation this year. I was lucky enough to be joined by the club president, Luke Bradley, this week to hear more. Right, so thank you so much for joining me today. It's really nice to have your company. I was just wondering if I could please get from you the lowdown on what actually happened with the recent incident with Bucks. 
Well, I think we all saw, like everyone will have seen the article in news, we have been deducted a point, every team has been deducted a point. It was because York Sport missed the deadline to hand in our affiliation, which we had received from the FA to books, which is a requirement for all for all teams. We were under the impression that once we'd got it, given it to York Sport, then they do the rest. And that's what was supposed to happen, and that didn't happen. Um, the reason the appeal went in was because when I spoke to Cass and other members of the York Sport Union, um, it wasn't it wasn't the club that made that made a mistake. It was York Sport. Absolutely, yeah. And punishment handed out by books was to the club. So the appeal has gone is along the lines of punishment should be made to York Sport Union and not to the club. I know Cass worked really hard getting support from other universities as well that are in the same position as us to put together an appeal to books and I'm grateful that Cass has done that because I suppose she didn't have to do that although it's the right thing to do. Um, so the football club had everything sorted in time it was just sort of added We got our slip. FA affiliation was received in June that was plenty of time. I think it must have just been maybe because we were so early and so organised in the first place mm. that it was overlooked and it must have been thought that it was done when it wasn't but there is like as a president and as all the other presidents of clubs will know individual clubs are not allowed to speak to books they have to, it has to be done through the union through the union yeah okay well I'm glad that they've started looking into things and have you heard anything from books as of yet um, no nothing as of yet I'm actually going to go and speak to Cass this afternoon and oh, see, good. Well, good just, see that. just have a chat really and see what's, if she's heard anything and just chat about general things. Are you expecting it to have a positive outcome? To be honest, well obviously we, do, we hope that it will, otherwise what's the point in putting the appeal in if you Absolutely, yeah. don't think anything's going to come of it. But at the end of the day, the deadline was missed. Um, as long as what we're hoping for is that books see that, yeah, we made, like, York Sport Union made a mistake, so the punishment should be made to the York Sport Union. If books see that and they are willing to change their rules, then... So you're putting in the appeal, because obviously I think a point is quite significant, especially as you've got two teams in the same league this year, haven't you? And yeah. Sort of additional competitiveness, so every point counts. On the first team in particular, the men's first, uh, will there be any real ramifications, do you think, if the one point stands? Well, last year, the men's first team were joint top of the league at the end of the season and missed out on promotion due due to a Bucks head-to-head rule. We had a better goal difference than everything else. So, I suppose that shows you how tight the league can be and one point could be massive. Yeah. I mean, we've made a great start to the season, winning 5-0 and 3-1 in the first two games. Congratulations. Thanks. So, ideally, if we won all 10 games, it's not going to be a problem. But Of course. You don't want to be in the situation at the end of the season where you regret not having made an appeal. Yeah. And to ask the boys to win 10 games in a full season is not something I want to do. I mean, everyone's got to aim for that, but... That's very hard. Oh, yeah, best of luck with that. And I really hope that Bucks do get back to you. Thank you so much for talking to me today. It's really kind of you to join me. I know you're very busy. Thanks a lot. Best of luck with the rest of your season and enjoy your presidency. Thank you. My next source on the matter was Cass Brown herself, York Sport president. I joined her earlier today to hear about how Bucks Wednesday was going and get an update on the issue from York Sport Union themselves. 
So I'm now lucky enough to be joined by Cass Brown, President of York Sport, to discuss several items currently going on in the sporting world of the University of York. So Cass, how's it been going? It's Bucks Wednesdays, and how yeah. have the teams today been performing? Today's gone really well, um, I think. Um, the sun's been shining, um, which has been really nice. First Wednesday of the year where it hasn't been raining. The men's rugby first team have performed brilliantly. They had their first win of the season today. Obviously this year they got promoted into Premiership League, um, and so this win was a really important one for them. It was against Loughborough Twos, and they were both at the bottom of the league today and now um, our men's team have overtaken them so that's fantastic I think the score was 33-15 in the end um, so I know they'll be really chuffed with that I'm sure tonight will be a big night for them um, every and, night's a big night for rugby oh yeah of course um, and so next women's football come to mind when I saw them earlier they were having a thrilling game um, and I'm pretty sure they've come away with a 4-4 draw again they got promoted this year um, and they're doing really well so that's fantastic and and then also the lacrosse women's firsts um, I think they were 14-0 today and um, so they've done fantastically against Sheffield Hallam um, obviously last week was it last week no a couple of weeks before they beat uh, who was it you Newcastle thirds Newcastle thirds um, and obviously Katie Barrett was on fire she couldn't get herself out of the headlines could she no. um, but yeah so really proud of them um, and obviously they are, they are the new focus sport as well so it's very apt that they've won today proving how brilliant they are oh yeah so you did announce the focus sport I this did. week so what does that entitle the club to um, many things um, first of all strength and conditioning sessions uh, with our strength and conditioning coach Pete who is absolutely fantastic free cookery training tops which is new to this year so a bit of stash which is always nice sports psychology physiotherapy nutrition all the things you kind of expect um, an elite um, program to contain um, as well as the opportunity to meet um, famous athletes and have workshops with guest speakers um, so yeah it's a, it's a really prestigious program and I guess the point in it for lacrosse is to, is to help them get there get where they want to be um, which is promoted etc so um, lacrosse deserves so, it so no result on that as yeah but hopefully um, box so, so yeah well done lacrosse um, I'm really happy I'm sure they're really thrilled and it's definitely an exciting program to be on joining other sports at the university mm. incredibly deserving absolutely being on that program yeah thank you and That's finally Returning to the issue we just discussed about the football affiliation, London, that there's been. I was just wondering, have you heard anything back from Bucks yet? Um, I haven't heard anything in the way of the appeal. However, I do know that we have to pay a small fee in order to launch the appeal now. Uh, now I know that we are going to go ahead and do that. Um, it's not very much in, in terms of in terms of what, what this could cl- cost the club in the long run. So, so yeah, um, that's all I've heard about so far. Uh, but nothing particularly important. Yeah. So... I'm sure the football team are really grateful that you're supporting them. Yeah, I think they are, and I think they need um, a president who's going to do that um, and go the extra mile, you know, so I'm more than happy to do it. Um, and hopefully we will overturn the uh, the deduction and, you know, they'll get promotion like they want. Uh, like they, they were meant to get last year, obviously there was a bit of an issue with the league again, so hopefully this, will, this year they'll have better luck. So yeah. Keep our fingers crossed. Yeah, um, absolutely. I'm mm, with respects to going the extra mile. I mean, we're nudging into the top 40 already. It's been such a great start for yeah, all the we were 39th in the first week, just ahead of Lancaster, which is obviously great. Um, last year, we dropped to 47th, um, but we had a couple more losses last, last week than, than the first. And I think after today, you never know, we might be back up there in the top 40. But we have got a long way to go yet. I mean, the season's only just started, so mm. so yeah. I'm really confident we can do it, and it yeah. seems that you are too. Yeah, I am. I'm definitely confident. I think after last year, when we came 43rd, um, I think everyone's more determined than ever to get there. Um, so yeah. 
Brilliant. Thank you so much for speaking to me today, Cass. And let's hope the rest of the results are just as great as the starting ones. Thank you, Claire. Thank you. So, no result as yet on the issue, but hopefully Bucks will be responding soon and with good news, given the severity of their response to the latest... to the lateness of that submission. Best of luck to the football club in the meantime, and great news from Cass. York seems seemed York team seemed to be having a brilliant day. I'm sure they'll all be out on Salvo tonight to celebrate. Back to you, Ben. Claire Thomas, thank you very much. Claire reporting there on the football controversy. Listen to you all news our 25 minutes past six. Now, it looks as if fees may increase even more after the uni has said it will back the Russell Group if they propose a rise. Karis Brain is here with the story. Karis. Thanks, Ben. Yes, just two years after fees were increased from £3,000 to £9,000 a year, the university has said that it would back the Russell Group if they proposed a further fee hike to £16,000. The argument is that currently fees don't lie within the current rate of inflation and that unis should be allowed to charge more in order to remain internationally competitive. It comes after the Russell Group defended Vice-Chancellor of Oxford University, Professor Andrew, ha- Andrew Hamilton, who said that leading universities should be allowed to charge more than £9,000 in order to cover the actual cost of teaching each student. I spoke to UCU Academic Officer Dan Whitmore about his view on the potential increase. I think it's a terrible idea, to be honest with you. I mean, the university are already making more money than ever before. Last year they made £8.7 million. And um, this was after, obviously, the increase in tuition fees. And despite this increase, there doesn't seem to be any improvement in, you know, the way students are taught, the things that are provided for. I mean, certainly, from our point of view, our block grant hasn't increased for a good couple of years now. Really, if they were proposing to increase it to 16000 which is a hell of a leap from nine, I'd like to know exactly what they're planning to spend this money on, because they've already brought in a whole new set of cash they weren't getting before, and they don't seem to invest it anywhere. So I'd be, well, I'm against it for a start, but I'd be very interested in seeing, you know, where they've got this idea for this proposal from. The uni is saying that they're struggling because the fees are still capped at £9,000, but that's not in line with inflation. So actually, they're still on a tight budget, even though they're getting more money just because the government's not providing as much. But obviously, you said that they're getting a, a surplus, basically. So do you think that there's any real backing other than the fact that if the Russell Group says they'll back it, then the university can say they raise fees? Well, legally, they aren't allowed to. But personally, I wouldn't be against fees going with inflation because that's natural it's you know the way it should be because if it is stuck at nine thousand in 50 years time they'll be paying a hundred quid fee degree or something ridiculous which would be bad for the university obviously but it's it's a tricky situation from their point of view but at the same time if they're not reinvesting this surplus they shouldn't be making this much money that's just a fact it's not a business it's educational establishment it shouldn't be for making money is the uni already giving the students value for money in line with the fees increase I don't think they are. They've not improved the number, you know, the teaching hours you have. They've not improved student-staff ratios. There's been no real change despite hiking fees up so much, which is frankly ridiculous. Coming up to nine thousand pounds, it's a it's a big increase, but students can kind of see it as still being manageable. But if you're looking at coming out with the best part of almost fifty thousand pounds worth of debt just on fees, do you think that many students just w- will not be going to university anymore? I think it would be a put off. I mean. A lot of people don't like the new system, but so you will. It, despite the increase, it also came with some other sort of providers saying it's not bad in some other ways. For example, the amount of time it takes to pay off is lengthened. The amount most people will pay back has dropped despite the increase in fees on a flat rate. Without doing any further incentives, a jump to £16,000 will, without a doubt, put a lot of people off. People are already been put off by a 27000 price tag. The moment you put it up to forty-eight, people are just going to say, it's not worth it, it's not worth my time, it's not worth my effort. And I think perhaps in the Russell Group wouldn't decrease so much, but students elsewhere would be less likely to. Join the university. 
The fee rise could put the UK alongside the US in terms of notoriously high costs for students. I spoke to American student Sav Green about whether it would put her off studying here. Besides just uh, how much money is actually coming out of your pocket or coming from student loan, it's about the atmosphere at the university. And I think that there's definitely a different kind of vibe going at the US universities where paying such high fees, I was looking at paying $17,000, that's about £12,000 for tuition fees um, per year compared to the three and a half, about 1000 that I was paying. But the change is that, that students, suddenly the power's in the students' hands in the US and they begin to expect better sports facilities. And, you know, if they're paying a lot of money, it becomes kind of less about the raw education that they're getting. Um, so what I really have appreciated about coming here and studying English Lit is that uh, it's really, it's about the academics and it's about studying a traditional degree rather than as much as I've enjoyed university, it's not, I'm not going here because it's got a great um, sports facilities or new sports gyms or things. And I think that that would change a lot if the Russell Group did raise the fees. In the States there are a lot of people put off of going to university just because of the amount of money it costs. I think that people consider the state schools which are kind of um, not as prestigious seeming as the um, UC system for example UC Berkeley, UCLA you probably know those names but that's like the public um, system that I was talking about which would cost you $31,000 so £22,000 or something per year but the state schools and the community colleges definitely they're Um, numbers go up the people applying to them and the people being admitted because almost anybody is admitted to those colleges so if you want to get an or get a qualification and come out with a college degree um, then you just go to them and pay a lot lower of fees but you don't have the prestige along with your title at the end of that so do you think that makes it quite an elitist system yeah i think there's definitely a few names that everybody knows of colleges in the u.s or universities in the u.s and even the public schools being so expensive you know like i'm talking about um pounds for a public state school and that's for in-state fees because i was a california resident but if you're looking at going to new york which i know my friends do it's above fifty thousand and sixty thousand pounds per year which is insane and i think it i mean you can see how that would change your expectations of what you're going to get and does it also mean that generally people with money have access to education rather than just everybody no it definitely does um, as much as they try and fund people it's not an unlimited fund of money but then again those 35,000 pounds that would be um, liberal arts school and places they are the ones of course offering more scholarships so do you think just money wise would you still prefer to come to the UK I would because I don't think that that traditional aspect of the degree being the first reason and foremost reason for you to be going to university, that's not going to change quickly enough for me to be able to write off the kind of the value that you can get at a UK university. But I'm worried that things will change and I wonder what I would say in a decade from now. That was Sav Green and you always reporter Florence Mitchell also went out to speak to other students here at York about whether it's something that will be concerning them. Um, I probably would still go to university because I feel like you can't, you almost can't put a price, a definite price. I think unless there's a massive shift in attitude with people, with employers. No, well, we're on a £3,000 fees, so we don't have the nine grand fee rise. So um, I think it would cause quite a lot of uproar because it's basically doubling what the fees already are, which have already gone up a ridiculous amount. Would you um, apply to university or would you just consider going straight into employment? Um, I probably wouldn't because I do history so about four hours a week so it'd be like a ridiculous amount of money and I'd probably just go get a job or do some internship. Well we'll have to wait and see whether another increase goes ahead but there's certainly a lot of objection to it Ben. Back to you. Karen Spraying reporting there thank you very much indeed. You are why 
Still to come on tonight's show, we'll be taking a look at the fallout associated with the UCU referendum and the comments that UCU is corrupt. Plus, we've talked to the organisers of Volunteering Week to, finding out, to find out all about the exciting things that are happening this week. And finally, we'll be rounding it all up with a look at some of your campus sports. All that and much more to come in between now and 7 o'clock. First, you look at your local news headlines with Claire Thomas. The UOI News Hour with Ben Basin. Thank you very much, Claire. It's the UOI News Hour with me, Ben Basin. 25 minutes to seven now. Now, for the last two weeks, the UOI News Hour has been following the UC referendum. And this week, news editor George Lane has been assessing the impact of the fallout regarding the referendum. And he joins me now, George. Thank you, Ben. This week, UCU has come under fire by anonymous, anonymous YouTube videos and comments on articles in Vision and Noose. For a claims that mandate was not meant met for the Democratic Review to go ahead, yet UCU have still proceeded ahead with their plans. UOI News reporter Florence Mitchell asked a few students about the referendum process that has just finished. So did you vote um, for the ref- in the referendum? No, I did not vote in the referendum, but I did go to the UCU debate. And did you find that interesting? Um, yes, it was very informative. For those who didn't really know anything about the university's ins and outs, it was quite boring because I didn't really understand what exactly was being talked about or how it would affect them. Not a lot of people turned up to the debate and not a lot of people voted because nobody really understood what was being voted on properly. Now, one comment on a Vision article has recently said, and I will read this out now. If the government tried to force through constitutional reform despite failing to achieve a real mandate, they would be lynched. Callum cannot simply tear up the constitution because it stands in the way of what he wants to do. If the constitution says he needs 20% of students to vote, it's Callum and his cronies' job to get out on campus, into people's kitchens, stir up some debate and make people want to vote. He simply cannot bypass democracy. He has failed to galvanise the student body. Obviously quite a controversial opinion there on that Vision article. But has Yusu really failed? Or is the failure more on the people who feel so strongly but not taking part in the No campaign? I caught up with the acting policy coordinator Lloyd Wallace to engage his to gauge his reactions on these latest criticisms to Yusu. So people are complaining about the fact that we were saying we need 20%. We need 20% to pass this motion properly and get it in place. And the reason behind that is part of the actual changes that have been put forward were to the Constitution itself. The Constitution is supposed to be difficult to actually change. It can only be changed at a UCU AGM or with a 20% turnout referendum. We didn't get 20%, but that means we can't make the Constitution amendment. It doesn't mean anything about the vast majority of the changes, which were to bylaws, which only need a 5%. So what we're doing is we're passing the the motion, which we had a clear mandate for, and only applying the bylaw changes. The Constitution, all that said was, it it just said the word assemblies a couple of times. It didn't say what they were, what they were for, but we just wanted to clear it up and remove those references. So when people argue that there wasn't a strong enough no campaign, um, obviously Callum Taylor has come back on this and said there's always been the opportunity to have no campaign, there's always been opportunity for debate, it's not as if it's been ignored what do you say to all the people who are are coming out now uh, with these criticisms do you think they should have been part of that no campaign if they feel so strongly so there are a few people who criticized before the voting started and during the voting as well they were there's information going around about it i went and spoke to these people i sent them emails and said well do you want to actually lead the campaign for this because we'll give you a 50 pound budget to go out and talk to students and actually give you a platform on the UCU website to actually go and talk to these people about what's going on and say you don't like this and get your word out there and they went, no, nah, all right, thanks. Some said, we'll still speak at the referendum debates, we'll, lead the, we'll, we'll do no speeches for debate, and then they didn't do that either. So 
clearly these people feel so strongly against this that they couldn't actually be bothered to do anything about it. So far, how far is it the role of Yusu to ensure that there is a strong campaign for each side of the argument? By the looks of it, as long as the opportunity is there for a debate, that is all that needs to be done. Some could even argue that all the bloggers and anonymous commentators are hiding behind their computers too much, and instead of criticising Yusu when the referendum had finished, they should have been involved in the debate to begin with. This week, there's also been some problems with the implementation of the 85% yes vote to convert JCRs into the college student associations. University statutes are currently blocking plans to move over to CSAs at the upcoming election, but is this really going to stop this happening? Callum Taylor is co-chairing the panel that would change these statutes, but this process could take up until the end of the academic year. I asked Lloyd about what this means for the introductions of CSAs. The university is concerned that it's different, put simply, and it's not entirely sure if it likes it, but there's an increasing view that if it's what students want, then yes, that's what's going to happen, and then it's just making sure that it will happen. So it's going to happen, it's that simple, and as far as we're concerned, we're pushing forward, and what it means in terms of paperwork is it will take the rest of the academic year to get all of the formal paperwork, all of the boring background stuff done, but that's not going to stop us from making a start on it right now. So there will be elections uh, in the next few weeks, which will be CSA elections as opposed to JCR? It, it depends on the college. Some colleges can opt in to be a CSA right now, and if so, it will be a CSA election, as far as we're concerned. Some can actively say no, in which case it will be a JCRC election, and some will do a college-based referendum, in which case we will do a JCRC election, but we will. It, but if, they then, if the vote of the referendum there says we want to become a CSA for that college, then those positions just move over. So a lot of interesting points there regarding the local regional USU referendum that we've just had. Uh, and of course, we don't even know the answers. Will the CSAs happen? Who knows? But we'll be finding out in the next couple of weeks. Back to you, Ben. George Lane reporting there. Thank you very much indeed. The UOI News Hour with Ben Basin. 19 minutes to 7, you listen to the UOI News Hour. Now, York Vision was on campus on Tuesday, and Karis Brain is here with a copy of the paper. So, Karis, what has caught your eye in, in this week's edition? Well, Ben, there's a couple of interesting stories. One that particularly stood out to me was um, one titled Council D, which um, is covering the fact that um, Yusuf have advised that Derwin JCRC drop their uh, their club event, which is called Big D, because it's been continuously making an awful lot of losses. It says that um, in 2013, they lost a total of £25,000, um, which is an increase from the fact that they also lost £17,000 the year before. I think it kind of, it's, it's an interesting story, given the fact that um, Bamber College has also chosen to stop their volume events um and i kind of i think it's a bit of a shame really i, I understand that obviously it's a financial stress but don't and Vanborough for a long time were two big names on campus and big names for the events that they put on so i think it's it's a bit of a shame that people aren't backing them enough to actually to let to let them continue really mm-hmm. we're seeing sort of a rise of more sort of yusu club night, um, nights on campus as well aren't we sort of with marmite and um coup d'etat i think it's called as yep. well um do you think we're seeing a shift here going from more college events on campus to more yusu ones i think we definitely are i think it's not so much i don't think that we're having any less events on campus but potentially because yusu promoting uh, speculation but maybe because yusu promoting more events on campus and they're also more t- alternative and a bit different that when the colleges try to put on big events in not that great a venue, they're not giving the students as much as they'd want for their money. So it's hard for the hard for the colleges to compete 
But um, I think it definitely it, it students aren't necessarily missing out, but I think it's a, it's definitely a shift and a bit of a shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else that caught you caught your eye in today's paper? Uh, only the fact that interestingly, the James College chair who was recently ousted, uh, that's Dexter Clark. Um, could be reinstated because they think that it might be unconstitutional um, to have ousted him Mm. so far. Quite a lot of debate isn't there about that about that um the clause in the in the in the constitution definitely so, uh, yeah we'll have to keep an eye on that to see how it progresses um, yeah, but thank you very much see. no problem thank you very no much Karis. Karis there brain there um, looking at a copy of york vision we've got your latest sports news coming up in a bit but first of all uh, this week is volunteering week and um you are a reporter um um sorry um we've been speaking to sandra shah and octavia elephant smith about what we've got um, to expect this week okay so i'm joined here with octavia and sandra the two volunteering reps from Yusu. How are you guys? How's the week going? No, it's going really well. We've had a really busy couple of days. Uh, on Monday, we uh, started the week. We did a food fuddle where people could drop in and talk to our projects. And then in the evening, we made chicken jumpers for oh. Rescue Battery Farm Chickens. Yeah, I saw the pictures of that. It looked like that loads of amazing. fun. amazing. Yeah, nobody expected it. And then we were like, chicken jumpers. And, um, and also, there was the um, edible gardens yesterday, wasn't there? Yeah, so we linked up with Edible Uni for that. And they had some of their representatives and a couple of volunteers. And we all walked down to Hill Road Park and started digging in and like clearing up the patch there. And it's now ready to go. And so what have you got going on for the rest of the week? Uh, quite a few things on today. Yeah. Uh, two of our projects are running two events. Uh, Meg are running a drop-in. They'll be playing some instruments and talking about what they do. Cool. And, and then we've got Inkwell, who are doing Bananarama. And they <laughs> are creating um, certificates to reward the children they work with. They work in schools and they develop their creative writing skills, grammar, punctuation. That's and cool. uh, they reward them with bananas. And we've got York going on where people can register and then tonight we've got Barfoot Sea we have advertisers on Facebook it's in the courtyard so for people who don't know what it is it's where you have a massive screen with all the different prices of drinks and as more people buy a certain drink the price rises just like in the stock market yeah. and then the price of other drinks falls relative compared to that oh, wow. <laughs> and then people just rush to the bar and buy the cheapest drinks and it'd be great if anyone would like to come it's at yeah. 8 o'clock tonight in the courtyard um, what is the mega college challenge so the mega college challenge is a way for all the colleges to just get as many people involved in a volunteering event as possible and the main aim for that is getting hours counted up for winning the college cup right at the end of the year and this year it's a tea dance um so we've invited elderly from various parts of the community we've got people coming from hesington church um we've also got people coming from tea and coffee club which is one of our projects so the elderly that work with them and saint samson and basically on saturday from two till five we've got live music from a swing band we've got um dance performances and tea and cakes so how can people get involved um this week and how can they find you on facebook for general um, volunteering updates, we've got UC Volunteering, yep. which we update with everything that's going on this week. Um, people can also email us at volunteering at uc.org. And then for this week, we've got the UC Volunteering Week page that people can like. And um, we've also got an event running as well. And then timetables and things are all available online. Um, tea dance wise, if anyone does want to join, we recommend they email us. That's great. Well, I hope you guys have a really good week. Um, thanks for coming in to talk to Thank us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Eve Siddle Butchers talking with the volunteering officers there. It's 14 minutes to 7, time for all your latest campus sports news and international sports news with Mitch Holder-Mansfield. 
Thanks, Ben. The route for the 2014 Tour de France was announced last Wednesday, with the second stage of the race starting in York and finishing in Sheffield. Yorkshire had last year beat off rival bids from Florence and Edinburgh to host next year's Le Grand Départ. The 101st edition of the historic race will start in Leeds on July the 5th, with a 190km stage taking the riders to the spa town of Harrogate. Stage 2 will then see the riders rolling out from York Racecourse before taking to York's historic streets. The peloton, which may include the likes of previous British winners Bradley Wiggins and Chris Froome, will ride along some of York's best-known roads, passing landmarks such as the York Minster before the racing really begins as the riders reach the edge of the city. The 200km route will force the riders to overcome some challenging climbs, including Home Moss en route to Sheffield. Earlier on today, I spoke with York Councillor Sonia Crisp, Cabinet Minister for Leisure, Culture and Tourism, to get her thoughts on the route announcement and the impact it might have on the city of York. Sonia, thank you very much for joining us. Can you summarise just how significant this is going to be for York and what it might mean for the city? Um, It's the most amazing opportunity. 2,000 accredited journalists from around the world will will be attending um, the the Grand Depart and the Second Depart. So you can imagine the amount of TV coverage that's generated from that. Um, It also um, financially uh, will give us a big boost. Um, We're expecting the economic impact for Yorkshire as a whole to to be at about £100 million. Um, And the Tour de France, as I say, attracts 12 million spectators along the route in a typical year's race. So it means a great deal for us to to be considered um, to be professional enough to to hold a grand départ. Yorkshire in, in, in recent times has been famous for producing some great sports people. Do you see York as potentially becoming known for hosting great sport events to really cement its place as one of the, the nation's capitals of sport? Yes, I absolutely think so. Getting very skilled on putting on mass participation sporting events in the city. And I think people are realising that. The event isn't just for cycling enthusiasts. What will the city be doing to to mark the occasion? There's a cultural festival in the 100 days for the run-up to that, which will will take place um, all over the city, and and indeed all over Yorkshire. Um, So it it will give um, our visitors, but our residents as well, a lot to look out for. Whether you're a cycling enthusiast or not, there'll be something for you and for everybody to enjoy on that day. A big thank you to Councillor Sonia Crisp for speaking to us there. I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more from her in the coming months. Now, in international sport, UEFA has punished CSK Moscow for the racist chanting from their fans aimed at Manchester City's Yaya Toure in their Champions League encounter last week. The Russian club will have a section of its stadium closed off for their Champions League game against Bayern Munich in November. The European governing body says it will show zero tolerance towards racism. Former England international John Barnes, however, has said that even throwing teams out of the competition will only go so far. In cricket, England will be without captain Alistair Cook for the opening game of their Ashes tour, but he is expected to be fit for the first test. Cook is suffering with a stiff back and a number of other players will be missing from the warm-up game against the Western Australia Chairman's Eleven starting tomorrow. Stuart Broad, Kevin Peterson and Graham Swan arrested while Monty Panesar is ruled out due to a stomach bug. Pace bowlers Steve Finn, Boyd Rankin and Chris Tremlett all start. Wicketkeeper batsman Matt Pryor will skip of the side in Cook's absence. 
In some positive Bucks news now, the York men's rugby first secured their first win of the Premier Division season today, overcoming Loughborough seconds. The impressive 33-15 victory came as a welcome relief for the White Rose after three consecutive defeats. Also today, York lacrosse women's first beat Sheffield Harlem first 14-0. Captain Claire Thomas says she was delighted with the win and their place at the top of the table. Back to you, Ben. Mitch, thank you very much indeed. The URY News Hour with Ben Basin. Coming up to the end of the URI News Hour um, now. Thank you very much for tuning in. It's nine minutes to seven. But finally on tonight's show, it is Halloween tomorrow. And Florence has been looking at Halloween and how some students have been ta- taking part in tomorrow night's celebration. Florence. Thanks, Ben. Yes, today I've been asking some students whether they will be embracing the spirit of Halloween. And it seems that most people will be in, will be in some form or another. From those I spoke to, house parties were the most popular way to celebrate, as the prospect of a night in a crowded club clearly doesn't appeal to many. In fact, if it wasn't the state of the clubs that was off-putting, the issue of transport, or specifically the lack of taxis, was also something of a hindrance. This is what students had to say. I think I've decided that I probably won't be going into York Town Centre because the taxis are already so difficult to get. I think it would be almost impossible to ascertain transport there and back. Um, and what will you be doing if you are going out? Uh, just going to a house party. Why a house party? Do you think that's preferential to going clubbing or something? Yeah, it's too difficult to get a taxi into town, so you may as well just go somewhere a little more local. And how much do you think you'll be spending on outfits? Um, hopefully a tenner. And um, do you think that Halloween will be a better night out than other nights of the year? Not necessarily. It's just an opportunity to wear an outfit and dress up as a woman. Um, I don't think we're going out on Halloween, but we're going to go out on Friday night to try and avoid the freshest crowds. Are you looking forward to going out on such a busy night of the year? I reckon it will be an absolute sweat fest in the club and taxis will be very complicated and tedious to wait for. Therefore, I don't think it will be the greatest of nights. And also I'm going to have to spend more money, which is currently scarce. Uh, we're having a party at my house. Okay, so you're going to have like a house party? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, will you be dressing up and things? I, I should imagine so, yeah. Um, and how much would you say you spent on your costume? At the moment, nothing. nothing. But I, I expect to spend my entire life. There we go. So that was Florence talking to some students about Halloween. So Florence, are you going out for Halloween? I am indeed. I am going to a house party. I have generously been invited by a stick. So <laughs> Very nice. What are you going to be dressing up as then? Um, I was thinking a bat. It doesn't really go with my bright red hair, but I think it's quite an easy one. Sort of bin liners as yeah. wings. Is I suppose you don't, that was one of the issues you were talking to students about. You don't have they, Quite a lot of people are spending quite a lot of money on, on outfits. That, that That's a low, a low budget solution. Yes. Yeah. That's That was my aim was not to spend too much money. Mm. Yeah. Are you worried about taxis? Quite a few people were worried there weren't going to be many taxis. Yeah, I've been told that we need to book them in advance, but like in Freshers' Week when it was as busy as it seems to be on Halloween, um, they weren't particularly great. So, mm-hmm. well, we might walk. We'll see yeah. how it goes. That's definitely an option. Karis Brain joins me in the studio here as well. So, Karis. Hello, Ben. Hi, are you off Are you off out for Halloween? I sure am. Where are you going? Uh, once again, I'm going to house party. Very nice. Are you going to be dressing up? Of course, you go. It's, it's Halloween. You've got to dress up, haven't you? Yeah, but I, I will admit I'm going to go for the Actually, I'm not going to be a cat. 
I'm going to be a snow leopard. A snow leopard? <laughs> wow, that's an interesting choice. Well, I have I have a, a skirt with leopard print on and I have cat ears, so it's just a variation of yeah. my, my default, to be honest. <laughs> that sounds like a good plan. So you haven't had to spend much money on your outfit? Well, I've got to check I can find the ears, but otherwise, no. Brilliant. Yeah. And are, are you worried about taxis? Are you going to get a taxi there? I don't even know what the party is in all honesty. <laughs> I'm just going to ask my housemates and follow them. Brilliant. Well, thank you guys very much um, so have a good night if you're going um, out tomorrow night for Halloween if you want to tell us about what you're doing um, get on our Facebook page facebook.com slash news um, also you can keep up to date on our website it's ury.org.uk and we're also on Twitter we are at news on there if you want to follow us we will be back at the same time next week that's 6pm here on URY but I leave you with your latest new with your latest URY news headlines with Karis Brain URY